Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast with FCA+. This is your host, Noah Corston, and you are listening to season one of the podcast that we started with Watermark Wesleyan Church and is now with FCA. You will hear from myself and my old co-host, Bjorn Webb, in season one. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. I would say a great leader, or a good leader even, um, early on in my career, kind of thought about focusing more on myself, and I'd say once you get into the good leader, you're kind of focusing on how to elevate guys around you. Um, that's something that our coaches talk about all the time, is like, you can be consistent with yourself, but if you're not bringing teammates along with you, um, you're not elevating our standard. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 49th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corston. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we are so pumped and so honored to have you today for a third week of our UB football series featuring Evan Finnegan. I apologize about my voice. It's a little raspy. I lost it earlier in the week. But if you're not familiar with Evan, he's from Michigan and he has set single season punt records for the University of Buffalo Bulls. He was the Mid-American Conference's male representative at the 2020 NCA Student Athlete Leadership Forum. He's voted vice president of UB's Student Athlete Advisory Committee for the 2020 and 21 year and his majors in business administration. You guys are in for a treat with punter Evan Finnegan. He talks about his story, how he's overcome adversity. He broke his leg and he talks about overcoming that as well. An incredible story, incredible guy. So excited for today's episode. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at the sweat room, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. You see, we've interviewed professional athletes to high school athletes. It doesn't matter who you are. You have a story. You bring something to the table each and every single day. And today is no different. Evan has an incredible story. So excited to share with you today. And before we dive into today's episode, go check us out on social at Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really enjoyed today's episode, go share it with a friend and pass it along with them. That would help us out a ton. We'd really appreciate that. And go check us out on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. It's a little bit different than Watermark Sports. It's Sweat Room Pod on Twitter. And I highly encourage you to jot some notes down, whether it's a thought, it's a sentence, write some things down. Even if you don't, go check out our blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. So without further ado, here is our conversation with punter Evan Finnegan. We want to welcome to the sweat room, Evan Finnegan. Evan, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. So Evan, I know that you're from Michigan and I used to live in Michigan for a brief time in my life. So this is the big question that I'm sure that you get asked all the time being from Michigan. Are you a go blue or go green and why? Uh, so my parents met at Michigan state 
and have been season tickets holders since they've been uh, freshmen in college. And uh, so we are a go green family, uh, but now it's a go blue family with uh, playing at Buffalo. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of flipped. I like it. Yeah. And then uh, one of my sisters, she went to Grand Valley, uh, which they're the Lakers. So they're blue also. So a little trick question there, but uh, Michigan State, Grand Valley, where majority of my family um, has gone. Sure. And you got to go to the Rose Bowl a few years ago when it was Michigan State against Stanford, correct? Yep. Yeah. So we got to um, go to a lot of really cool games, the Rose Bowl being one of them. Uh, that was freshman year high school. So that was the 100th Rose Bowl against Stanford. And they, uh, Very cool. they won it. So that was, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always more fun when you win. As, as my mom always said, winning's not everything, but it's sure a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Evan, how long have you been playing football? As you mentioned, you're playing at UB. Uh, why'd you choose UB? Yeah, so uh, playing football, um, always loved it from a young age, just watching it with my family and everything. First year playing on an organized team was second grade. Uh, so I was in second grade, started playing flag football for, um, would be Sterling Heights Raiders. So that, that was the first team I was ever on. And then, uh, played all the way through, uh, eighth grade and then, uh, in high school and now here. Um, and what was the other question? I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah. Why did you choose UB over other schools and how'd you sort of get to get to Buffalo? Yeah. So. Uh, how I chose UB, I kind of had an interesting recruiting path where senior high school, I was actually committed to Toledo. Um, and then didn't really feel like that was where I wanted to be. Um, they didn't have a scholarship for me. It ended up, they didn't have a scholarship for me and, uh, eventually made it to, uh, Buffalo. It was perfect situation where I kind of had it narrowed it down narrowed down between Eastern Michigan and Buffalo at the very end. And wow. Eastern had, um, was closer to home, but really every other category, uh, Buffalo was ahead in, well, I like their school a lot more. I'm a finance major. Uh, Buffalo is a really good finance school, uh, school management here. And I like the area. Um, I kind of was looking for a way to get outside of Metro Detroit too. So, uh, Buffalo checked a lot of, uh, boxes and, um, seemed like a great fit and really worked out perfectly. That's awesome. And I know I'm sure one of our former guests that I'm sure you've gotten to know is Cal Kern, yeah. his son, Brett, who we'll have on the sweat room later on. He went to Toledo. Um, so I'm sure if, if they got a hold of you earlier, it could have been gone either way. So that's kind of a cool story. So for you, how the, 2020 was a crazy year for everybody, but I can't imagine it being a D one athlete during this time. And you guys at one point, were going to have a season. Weren't going to have a season. It was all over the place. Take us through our, take us and our listeners through the season. And how would you describe 2020? And 2020 is uh, frustrating to say the least. Um, it just very few times have we been able to encounter a scenario where we really have not a lot of control of what happens. Um, and that's kind of what happened, uh, this previous year being told we are playing, we're not playing, uh, some parameters of if we can play, how's it going to work. And so it really, um, makes you kind of focus on what can you control? Cause if you don't, you could get very frustrated quickly. And that's uh, something that happened with our team. And I know a lot of players is 
guys wanted to play and uh, we we're itching to get out there. We thought we were going to have a really good team um, in 2020 and we felt confident that we could do it safely. Uh, but it was just, it was tough because uh, we we're all really looking forward to the season and then it gets canceled. And then, so we we're kind of checking to a different mode then, you know, we're not playing, uh, working out a little bit differently and, kind of looking forward to the next season and then all of a sudden we get told we are going to play so we're very glad that we were able to play and uh fortunate that we really didn't have too much COVID issues we were we did a really good job as a team so that's i think that's a testament to us we uh really had very minimal problems with COVID. that's awesome that's awesome and so i know um, you know, from following your season, watching a few of the games and everything, you guys had a pretty successful season. I know maybe it didn't, you know, the last game maybe didn't go as we wanted it to, but how, how was it this year? Um, when it comes to, you know, once you finally did get on the field, um, was the product on the field, maybe what you guys had all hoped that 2020 could be, or how did that sort of shape out once you did get on the field? Yeah, we had a, we had a very close knit team this year. And I think, you know, it's tough to look back on a season when one of our biggest goals was to win the MAC championship and that didn't come through. But um, now I'm super happy about our season. And uh, really, other than the MAC championship, I thought we had a pretty successful year. And even in that game, we played hard and just sometimes doesn't go your way. But we're, we're not satisfied with the season and uh, having one loss on there and losing the game that we all look forward to. But we ended the season with a bowl victory, which is only the second time in school history. Uh, so going back to back bowl victories is pretty special. And yeah, I was talking to one of our coaches earlier this week is I got here in uh, 2017 of the fall and I've never had a losing season since I've been here, which is pretty special. You know, it's kind of weird thinking about not too many uh, college players or athletes can say they've never had a losing season playing for sure. all the way through. So uh, we're eager, eager to keep uh, pushing towards next season and um, chase down that Mac championship again. For sure. And so um, Evan, are you, what year are you in school and how many years left do you have with the team? So it's a little bit of a trick question. Also, I, I didn't mean uh, for it to be, but <laughs> uh, I graduate this spring. So I'm a senior, I'm in my last semester and uh, I'll be graduating with um my degrees in finance. And then I'll start in the fall, my master's program in real estate development. Mm. And, uh, eligibility wise, it's, uh, I think I have three more years left, but, um, we'll take it one year at a time. I, th I can realistically see myself being here for probably another two years, uh, throughout grad school, cool. but yeah. So that'd be six years of eligibility, but with COVID and, um, I got a, I did a normal red shirt. Then I got a medical red shirt. Then COVID season didn't count. So got a lot of eligibility left. <laughs> cool. Well, Hey, we're, we're looking forward to at least have you back for another year, maybe two, and we'll, we'll see what the future holds. So Evan, one of the things that we like to focus on here um, on the sweat room sports and faith podcast, we have it right there in the name that, you know, we love sports. We also love God. And that's why one, one reason we're super excited to have you on today is we know that you yourself are a man of faith. And so could you tell us a little bit about um, just you as a follower of Christ and maybe even how you came to know Christ in the first place? Yeah. So I was very uh, fortunate growing up. Um, my parents were very instrumental in my faith and that was always a staple in our household. Um, just always having faith, uh, 
kind of everything we did. So uh, they, they did a big sacrifice for my siblings and I and sent us to a Catholic uh, grade school, uh, well, kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, so that was St. Lawrence in Utica, Michigan. And then after there, uh, they wanted us to go to a, uh, you know, continue uh, education and faith, which was Bishop Foley Catholic High School in Madison Heights, Michigan. Um, but really, I would say I always had a pretty strong uh, faith, but really probably midway through high school was when I started kind of de developing my own faith and kind of diving deep into it. A really good teacher in high school, uh, theology teacher, Mr. McCormick, um, and he had, uh, I really enjoyed his class and it really made you think about your faith and how to grow in it. And that was the first time I think, I was probably a junior in high school, I started, started to kind of develop my own faith and uh, grow on it for my own other than just like hearing other people uh, either teach or, you know, going to mass and stuff like that, doing stuff on my own, uh, you know, diving into Bible verses or whatnot and uh, just learning more about God and everything. Cause I had a faith, but that's when it started growing. And, you know, with faith, it's always, you have your ups and downs. Um, sure. But really confident uh, and my parents and everyone, uh, I was very fortunate to have, such a strong um, foundation for it. That's awesome. Well, I, it's cool to see just how, how God's working in your life. And I know just a lot of your teammates look up to you and, and they say you really just live it out. And we'll, we'll have a few of your teammates on here, but that, I know that's one of the things that they say about you. So that's really cool. So for in 2019, you suffered a pretty significant injury at Penn State. I would love, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, love the idea of you getting hurt, but I'd love for you just to take our listeners through what happened that day and how did you get through it? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a huge challenge, uh, to overcome, um, in 2019, uh, at Penn state, uh, the early second game of the season, early September. Um, I want to say it was probably mid to late third quarter, at a rollout, so a rugby style punt where I was kind of leaving the pocket and a uh, defender got through and we kind of had like a shin on shin contact and his leg was planted in the ground. So he had a lot more leverage and I had a clean tip fib fracture kind of right in the middle of my leg. So, wow, you know, just snapped. Um, luckily, I didn't have too much pain right away. Entire like waist down is like numb or my right leg was numb. So fortunately I didn't have too much pain there, but I was kind of just frozen. Uh, couldn't really do much and got rushed to the hospital. Uh, directly after that, they had to reset the bone, uh, over at oh, my word. And, uh, and then I think I went into surgery maybe about around noon the following day. So I think the game was on September 7th and surgery was around noon, September 8th. Uh, oh my word. Wow. So yeah, it was a quick turnaround, but after they got, uh, the rod, so I have a rod going from my knee to my ankle within my leg and, uh, doctors did a tremendous job. It's really nothing. Um, I don't think it could have gone any more smoothly for the scenario that I was in, but rehab was tough. Uh, it was a long process, mm. but yeah, it was a very, very interesting time. That was kind of the first time um, I'd, I'd say I had a major injury and it was uh first time doing like a rehab to that extent. Mm. 
what what was that what was that rehab like when you were doing that and i i know you know i myself have been fortunate and i've never you know suffered any injury of that caliber where i've had to you know take season off or do rehab in the off season and all that stuff but i know i've talked with many people that just talk about how you know how grueling that process is what what was rehab like for you um it was definitely I'd say the physical part was uh, physical part of rehab was strenuous and difficult, but the mental aspect of it was just as hard, if not harder. Um, just mm. kind of not knowing if you're going to be able to play again or what's what your leg going to be like when you're fully healed. Um, if you're if, if it's going to be reacting the same or whatnot, but yeah, definitely a mental strain and uh, kind of bringing faith into it. I really had to buckle down and just trust God in the process. Uh, mm. There was not sure where I heard it, but uh, it might've been Cal Kern uh, say, God doesn't always, um, God's plan doesn't always correlate with your personal agenda. I had a lot mm. of really high goals for that season. And, um, but I wouldn't take away that injury for the, you know, I wouldn't take it away. If there was a redo, I wish everything happened the same because I grew so much in my faith and mm. from it. So it was very, uh, it was a hard process, long process. Um, but man, it was a great learning experience. And you, mm. you get- I'd love to focus in on that. Like with your faith aspect, what, what did, what did you feel like God really taught you through that process of just even rehab? And I, I can't imagine busting that kind of bone in your leg. That's, crazy i i mean what what did god teach you through that uh i think first thing that comes to mind is patience you know you're not going to be able to uh, do a lot of things before um pre-injury until after many m- months of hard work so just patience and um i think god really taught me about attacking the day and winning the day and not getting so focused on long-term goals kind of focusing mm. more on short-term goals because uh, before, you know, I wanted to run, got to learn to walk first and be able to do that. And with the rod and everything, I was able to walk pretty, pretty soon. I want to say 16 days after injury was the first time I was able to walk in a boot. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Without crutches. Um, yeah. and it's not like I was walking every single day, but that was the first time I was able to go 25 yards or, or so. And, uh, but yeah, well, hey, you only need 10 to get the first down. So <laughs> yeah, good, good point there. But, uh, yeah. Patience. Patience is huge, huge. And, you know, anything with faith, trust, uh, trusting that God has a plan and, um, that he's, he's giving you an, an opportunity to do something that, uh, that'll help you grow and you'll be better off for it. And I firmly believe that. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's awesome, Evan. And I, you know, I have the utmost respect, you know, for you as somebody sitting there who had a, you know, gruesome injury that took a lot of rehab and, you know, it was tough. You said physically, mentally, but then to also sit here and say, I would do it again because of how much better of a person of a, you know, just how much stronger I am through that. And I, you know, I, like I said, I've never had an injury, but as right now I project myself to be in your shoes, like, man, I'd be wishing I never got hurt and could have that season back and all these other things, but man, so kudos to you for being able to sort of step outside the situation and say, you know, 
there's more to it than just maybe missing the rest of a season of football. There's more to it than, you know, all of these other things is life's bigger than that. So kudos to you. And Evan, we really want to, you know, we, we read, we saw an article that you talked with somebody um, kind of special. Could you tell us a little bit about um, just the relationship you have with that individual and who that was and how that came about? Yeah. So uh, I was in the hospital for about four days and on the way back, I was in, uh, I think it was like Nittany Lion Medical Center or something, uh, right, right on a Penn State's campus. And I was there from Saturday night to Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, I'm driving back. I get a text from my aunt say, um, if you get a call from whatever area code, which would, would be, um, it was a Virginia area code, it's Joe Theismann, and he wants to talk to you. I was like, no way. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So, and like within a moment, matter of minutes, uh, I got a call and it was Joe Theismann and just kind of giving me encouragement. And he asked if, uh, if I need anything along the way, he'd like to keep in contact. And he's been uh, kind of growing a friendship through it. And he's been very supportive and uh, got to learn a lot about him throughout the, throughout the way. What's, what do you, what's one of the biggest things that you've learned just in your, just getting to know him um, during your time with him? He has a really good sense of humor. He's a funny guy, which, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he, uh, he was just, he liked to ask a lot of details and kind of, he gave me a lot of perspective because my injury was pretty bad, but, um, I believe his was a lot worse. He, he had oh, yeah. more towards his ankle. And that was one of the biggest things with my injury was it stayed away from the knee and the ankle. It was like right in the middle of the shin, which was mm-hmm. kind of best case scenario. I didn't have a, really any too much ligament damage or anything with tendons. It was really just the bone, which is pretty amazing. His was more towards the ankle. Um, and I think he had a lot more complications with his injury. Mm. Uh, I don't really know to the extent, but I think his rehab time was a lot longer. And, um, but extremely encouraging guy uh just would call in every now and then just to check in and we talked throughout the season still and um wish me congratulations after the bowl win and uh, that's awesome uh, so it was, that's cool it's it's cool to see how how god's opening doors for you and just seeing how you know he's bringing in people like joe theisman in your life to just give you simple encouragement and one of the cool doors that just reading up on you is I can see that you're a leader. And so in 2020, you were Mid-American Conference's male representative at the 2020 NCA Student Athlete Leadership Forum. That's a mouthful. But what did you speak on when you were there? And I'd love to ask a follow-up question of, for you. What makes what separates a good to great leader? Um, I'll, uh, I'll touch on the second question first. Um, what makes a good leader, the difference between a good leader and a great leader. Um, I was not really, I would say a great leader or a good leader, even, um, early on in my career, I kind of thought about focusing more on myself. And I'd say, once you get into the good leader, you're kind of focusing on how to elevate guys around you. Um, that's something that our coaches talk about all the time is like, you can be consistent with yourself, but if you're not bringing teammates along with you, um, you're not elevating our standard or you're not making our team as good as it could be. So I'd say good leaders elevate people around you. Um, and then great leaders, 
man, I'm trying to think about uh, think about some of the teammates that I've had in the past, um, like J- James O'Hagan, who is a center here for four years, um, Tyree Jackson, who was a quarterback. Um, think about guys like that. They uh, they were just completely selfless. It was team first, no matter what. They were willing to go the extra mile. They really it was everything was about the team and we have a guy right now who's a lot like that his name's jake molnich who's a fullback and he is just i think one of the greatest leaders i've ever been around same with jake muzak um o-lineman uh we we got a lot of really good guys on our team that show leadership qualities it's the similarities within them it's team first and because you don't have to worry about yourself because they're already keeping themselves to a high standard. So then they just bring our team along and elevate us as a whole. Um, and on the leadership council, I was elected to go to that, uh, which was last spring. And unfortunately, it got canceled with COVID. Oh, so, but we are going to be going, we're going to be diving deep into uh, kind of organizational behaviors, uh, how to elevate teams or how to make teams better as a whole. Uh, a lot of psychology based in it. Um, what else we're going to be talking a a good amount about NCAA rules and regulations, our thoughts on it, giving our, our, uh, um, opinions on maybe what we think could make NCAA better and what could, uh, make college athletics better as a whole or things that we like, what we don't like, stuff like that. So I'm still on a couple boards where, um, we do, similar stuff to that, but not as the extent. Cause that was, that was a very, that was a very, uh, honorable thing that I got elected to. And it, it meant a lot. So I was kind of bummed out that it got canceled. Uh, but and it would have been three, four days in Los Angeles. So that would have been a cool trip. Oh man. Sure. So is that, is that something that was voted on by coaches, players? Um, sort of how did you get that position? So that honor? Every every um, MAC team gets to nominate one male and one female, so it's more from like the administration level. So administration talk to our coach if he agrees with it, um, then they'll go on and I get an application and kind of say why, and then so uh, throughout every team in the MAC they'll have one male and one female get uh, nominated, and then at the conference level, they get to pick one of those people nominated from every school. So I was nominated for the male. I got the male representative spot. And then the female uh, representative's name was Emma Sampson, I believe. Um, she's a swimmer at Toledo. And uh, so we talked a little bit before going because we were going to be representing our conference. And uh, it, would, it was going to be a really cool opportunity. But yeah, uh, pretty bummed that it didn't get to happen. But it's still a great honor, honor to be able to get that nomination. Yeah, for sure. So, Evan, we've got we've got just a couple more things here before we wrap up. But I do want to draw attention to something that may catch you off guard, and you may not be expecting it. But I see I see a bear behind you. Is there any story behind this massive thing you have on the wall, or what's going on? Yeah. So, not really too much of a story. We have a um, kind of small cabin out in uh northern michigan in uh elmira michigan and it was sitting it's always been there since i was a little kid always been just laying around 
And I always thought it was one of the coolest things that we've ever had. Yeah. I, I was like, I'd take that and bring it to college. Um, like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, no worries. And that's sweet. Um, well, it's probably, it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen um, on the wall of a college dorm room. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, no idea who um, harvested it or whatnot. Uh, no story behind it, but really like the outdoors. And uh, actually, that's probably where I feel closest to God. Um, mm. No, I, I really like nature and stuff and that seeing God's beauty. So that's kind of my nature spiel is love the outdoors. And that's probably what the bear rep- represents the most. <laughs> sure. Sure. A, l- a little bit of home just on your wall there. Yeah. Dead animal. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so bringing it full circle, we talked a little bit about this past year, uh, something that we've really enjoyed over the past few months talking to people is, you know, people are, some people are sick of talking about it, sick and hear about it, but 2020 was a, a weird and odd, a hard and exciting, uh, whatever you want to call it year. But God still was moving in the midst of all of that was still moving, you know, pandemic, maybe able to slow us down, maybe able to stop us from playing sports the way we want to do it or doing this, that, and the other thing, but it cannot stop God. And so a question we would love to ask is, what did God teach you during the year of 2020? What did you learn? Um, and what are maybe some of your reflections based on that year? Um, kind of bring it back what I said earlier with just trusting, trusting in him. Um, you know, COVID's a very scary thing. Uh, yeah. And you just don't really know you're worried about, I, I worried about my loved ones and, um, you know, people that may be more at risk. I, I wasn't really too worried about for myself, uh, pretty young, healthy male, but yeah, you worry about your parents and stuff. So just trusting, uh, bring back trust. I think that's really one word that summarizes faith for me, at least is just trusting in God, trusting in faith, trusting in the Lord. Um, and then going back with his plans, not always going to align with your personal agenda. You know, I'm sure pretty much everyone had different idea for what their 2020 was going to be like. Uh, and if you had this in plan and this was part of your agenda for 2020, I would like to talk with you (laughs) a bigger conversation. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you feel for all the people that, uh, lost businesses and, you know, you know, people that, you know, small business owners and they really struggled, but you just got to have trust in the Lord and adapt and, uh, go back to, you know, things are going to change, but you just got to adapt and, um, evolve. So that pretty much same answer as before with injury. That's a big thing with it, but we're still going through it in 2021. So we'll see when things get back to uh, uh, quote unquote normal. Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what what normal will look like in the future. I'm, I don't know what quote unquote normal will ever be, but I got a I got a two part question for you as as kind of we're closing up. Number one is how can people find you on social if you want to throw that out there, and uh, what can our listeners expect from you be next year? Yeah, so my uh, Twitter handle is at efinnegan40. And then my Instagram handle is at Evan Finnegan 40. So pretty similar. Uh, cool. And then with our football team, I, I can't promise anything going into the season, but um, I, I can't promise anything win wise, but I know for a fact, we're going to be working extremely hard this off season. The team is eager. We are, uh, we're not satisfied with what happened last season. We, we lost the game that we all 
dreamed of winning you know when we come mm-hmm. in here uh getting that mac championship title is a goal of ours pretty much every season and so i think uh team is team is excited to play and we're um just looking forward to the season because i think we're going to have a great year again um just the way everyone's working and guys are locked in guys want to play guys want to get back out there uh as a lot of guys would say unfinished business it's a little cliche it's <laughs> great yeah we gotta go out and um yeah just kind of trust each other and go out and uh have fun because i think that's a big thing with uh sports and everything you play better when you're having fun Mm. absolutely yeah that, that's so good well thank you so much for joining us today evan as we close up is there any final thoughts that you would have for any of our listeners yeah final thoughts is uh just go out there um whatever you want to do with life uh i'm a very eager person to just kind of attack a lot of goals i have a lot of high achieving goals and whatnot if i might not attain all of them i'm at least going to try very hard uh so last last thing to the listeners, um, say just don't be a man of silent desperation. Um, that's probably my favorite quote is don't be a man of silent desperation, mm. meaning whatever you want to do, if you want to play college football, work, work as hard as you can. Um, if you can go do that, then, you know, maybe make it to the NFL, maybe have that as your next goal. And that's probably my uh, last quote I'll give you guys. Sweet. Is that your goal as we close out? Do you want? Do you see yourself in the league? Um, that has always been a goal of mine. First off, I got to be the best college player I can be. So that's kind of like what I focus on. I focus on the shorter goals because um, I find it hard to stay motivated for super long-term goals. But as of right now, um, if that's an opportunity that I have, I'm for sure going to go after it. But with uh, – that's not going to be attainable if I'm not the best college player that sure. I can be for. So um, that was good. finish off these next couple of seasons, uh, win a MAC championship, and we'll go from there one step at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Evan. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining us today. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts of this conversation that we had with Evan today? Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking with Evan, and I loved when he was talking about the. There's a phrase that I like to, you know, call like competitive greatness, which is not competing against the other people around you or these worldly ideals of maybe what you should accomplish, but competing against yourself to be great, to be the best that you can be, um, and if you. You can do that then you will be successful in whatever you do um, pushing yourself to limits and I loved when we were talking about you know hey do you want to play in the NFL what's next you know all these things and him saying I'm just going to focus on right now this short-term goal of being the best punter I can be in college and he knows that if he can do that then his college career his time in college playing football whether it ends at college or whether he goes on to play at the next level it will be successful and he will be the best that he can be and so i love that competitive greatness mindset that he has and and i have to believe that that's the mindset that you know most athletes that do go pro have to have right where they can't be looking at you know when you're 12 it's really hard to look at tom brady in the super bowl and say that's what i want to be and i see a path to get there Mm. it's no focus on that first step right and then the next step and then the next step and right now for evan the step he's in right now is i need to be the best college punter that i can be so I, I love that i think that's huge and for anybody listening whether you're an athlete or whether you're not 
be the best that you can be, and that's going to take care of a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about you, Noah? I loved even what you were talking about with that in terms of steps, and I think especially for him, he busted his leg, mm. and you know, at one point, you know, it's bad when Joe Theismann reaches out to you. You know. <laughs> yeah. Which, but it's awesome. I mean, that's it's an awesome connection point. Joe Theismann had one of the worst injuries that I've literally ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think something that he said was was a few things. But the first thing was learn to walk before you run. What a illustration and metaphor that is for life, especially with whether it's an injury, whether it's in your walk with Christ. You got to learn the basics before you do anything else. And that was that's the most important thing. But one one thing that we we asked him of just in terms of leadership and what makes a, a great leader. And he was just talking about those who are selfless, mm. being a selfless leader and looking out for others and being team oriented. And that's what it's all about, especially in the game of football. You have to look for that. And I loved hearing that coming from the punter. Yeah. You know, for him, he was, he was supposed to be at this leadership conference. That was supposed to happen. That got canceled, sadly. But it's cool that his teammates, his, the UB itself recognized him as one of the leaders of the University of Buffalo. So I I love that. And he did a great job today. Yeah, he really did. And I'm super excited that, you know, he'll be sticking around for another year or two or maybe more. More. Maybe Who knows? three. He's got um, three years of eligible. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what UB football has next in store. Uh, we've got some really good base, solid team, coaches, really establishing themselves as a force to be reckoned with in the MAC. And, you know, they got to win that MAC, MAC championship, but I think yeah. it's coming. And, okay. and people see that. People recognize UB as being a good football school, a good football team. And we're going to see that for years to come. And Buffalo is not going to be known just for the Bills, but Bills and Bulls. Bills and Bulls. Bills and Bulls. And the Sabres as hockey, right? Hopefully. (laughs) One day. And next week, we're finishing off this UB football series with Coach Jeff Burrow. Jeff is a wise man. He leads so well, and he's got so many different slogans that I'm so excited for you guys to just to hear from him and his story. Here's an excerpt of that conversation. One thing that I use with the, the players, and it's kind of hung on and stuff, but we have a, a saying in the DB room, um, anytime they make a mistake and they come to me and I ask, what happened? And the first thing is they said, well, I thought I stopped him. I said, you sure you want to go down that road, what you thought? <laughs> and, then, and then they kind of paused for a minute. And then they was like, nah, I just messed up. And so it eliminates <laughs> a lot because we say, if you say, I thought, you're wrong. But if you say, I saw, then we can have a conversation. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.